Yeah, can I, can I have it down here? Yeah. I'm super excited to be here. You know, it's funny. I, I was in Washington State for uh, a long time. I guess I'll go in the middle. That's fine. Oh, you want to come over here? <laughs> it just feels kind of weird. <laughs> come, hey, this is, the, this is the good side over here. <laughs> so good. So good. Um, my wife and I uh, have been in Texas for about a year and a half now. Uh, we moved from Washington State. Um, and we served in our church there in Washington State for quite some time. Um, I was a youth pastor there for about five years. Um, and I love working with teenagers. It's like the biggest passion of mine. The biggest thing I love about working with teenagers is there's no filter. When they love Jesus, there's no filter. It's just full on. And so, so like, I, I really enjoyed serving them there. Um, and uh, so God called us to move to Texas. And we were kind of like, where? <laughs> uh but he called us to move to Texas, and so, so we, we decided to do it. Um, someone actually blessed us with money to buy a house, and, and basically, like, our whole way was covered to move here. I mean, like, it was completely a God thing. Like, God has never moved. Like, God has moved financially in, in our lives in, like, small ways, but never that big. Um, you know, you get the Pentecostal handshake every once in a while. It has a little couple 20s in it, you know, talking about that handshake. That's my favorite handshake. So if anybody wants to shake my hand after service, feel free. <laughs> feel free. Um, but we, we, we moved here. God provided for us a way to get here. And uh, we spent the last year and a half just kind of like like plucking out the things that are in our lives that we, we were re- really like are us. Like we kind of you kind of when you're around a group of people, you kind of take on a culture, you kind of take on ideas. And especially in church, there's lots of church culture. There's lots of ideas that are just kind of like churchy I guess you'd say and so a lot of the things that we, we were we were finding was some of the stuff just really wasn't us and, and we wanted to, we wanted to kind of break it down like who is Jesus to us like what is what is Christ what what is Christ like what does that mean what does it mean to walk like Jesus like what does it mean to be the church right what does it mean to like actually live out being the church of the, that Christ intended for us to live out on this planet on this earth as the body of Christ, connected. And I believe that the body of Christ should be way more uncomfortable to be connected because I think sometimes we're in, in our independent American spirit, we, we just like, I got this. I don't need your help. But the reality is, is that a lot of us, and when we're alone, we're actually hurting. We're actually broken. We actually don't even talk about half the stuff that actually goes on in our, in our brains or in our emotions because we think we, we have to have some sort of facade or mask or something that makes us feel like we got it all together. But the reality is, who has it together here? Raise your hand. No one? Okay. Me either. I don't, I don't have it all together either. And so, so, so I need Jesus and I need you guys. I need you guys. Um, what the beautiful thing was is um, when we moved here, we were... We were going to uh, Lifestyle Christianity for a little while. Um, then, then, uh, what's the name of the Turned into what? Risen Nation, yeah. Then we, we were at Risen Nation for a little while, and, and, and God told us to just not go to church on Sunday, which was very weird for me because I grew up going to church every Sunday. And I was like, how am I, what am I supposed to do on Sunday morning? Like, don't you just go to church? It's automatic, it's normal, right? And so for a while, we just, stopped going to church on Sunday mornings and we were just doing like home churches with friends and like meeting and like having having fellowship times and and just really building community with some people and and it's been wonderful and then one of my my friends uh you guys some of you guys might know him Nate Davis big shaved head guy and lots of tattoos um uh 
can't miss him when he walks in the room. He's just, you know, he's an amazing man. Um, he's like, you should go to Crosswalk. And I was like, okay, I'll go check it out. And when I walked in the door, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so wonderful. Like, this reminds me of when I was a little kid and I really met Jesus. Like, I met Jesus in my grandmother's living room on some ugly green carpet <laughs> because my grandma and my, my parents took the time to speak in tongues and pray over me with fire of God to hit me. And, it, and I started speaking in other tongues at, at 10 years old. And I remember crying my face out on the green carpet. And it was another thing that was weird is when, when, I, when I, was, I moved to Texas, the Holy Spirit reminded me and said, don't forget the green carpet. And for, at that time, I didn't know what he was talking about. Green carpet. Then I asked my mom, I said, Mom, what color was Grandma's carpet? She said, green. I was like, ah, okay, don't forget where you really met me. Don't forget where you really got to know me. And now, now my life is such that so I don't know where I begin and he ends and I end and he begins. We're just, we're in it forever, right? So tonight I wanted to talk to you guys about, the sermon title is called The Prayer of Deliverance, but I want to talk to you about deliverance plus discipleship equals transformation. So like, like you can have someone have a radical encounter with Jesus, but if you don't walk them through that the life, like if you're not discipling them one-on-one, -on -one, like getting in life together, getting in the mud, getting in the nasty of nasties, and getting into all the stuff that no one really wants to like address, and you, that, that to me is the real church. That to me is the real church where you and I are like, man, I see you and, and, and I don't care where you're at. I'm there with you. I don't care how far you run away. I'm there with you. Because I want to know that I want you to know that there's somebody that's so connected to you that loves you so much that that sees the gold of Christ inside of you that wants to pull it out of you every time we get around each other. That you that when you come near me and I come near you, we're drawing on the Jesus on the inside. That's the body of Christ to me, right? And so, obviously, I want radical deliverance. I want to see people change, transformed, born again, speaking in tongues, fire of God, all that good shake and bake, all that good stuff, right? I want all that amazing stuff, but if you can't live normal life, then what are we doing? If you can't get in your word and, and, and appropriate that word into your being and feast on it, like you would eat a sandwich and every nutrient in that sandwich goes throughout your body and just saturates your body with what it is, then what are we doing as the church? So the church should be the, the body of Christ. And if the word says this, they will know them by their love for one another. They will know them by their love for one another. Love is a fruit. You guys partially correct. <laughs> a for effort. <laughs> so what is the church called to? What is the church called to? It's called the love. Yeah. It's called the love. And I'm talking about radical love. Love that makes you so uncomfortable. Love that makes you go, I'm choosing right now to love this person because it's what Jesus wants me to do. Love that says, oh my gosh, I am so messed up and so jacked up in the head and he still loves me. Yeah. So why would I not want to shine that on somebody else? Wow. Right? So... What's the church called to? Let's define it. When Jesus actually was, when Jesus was uh, talking about Peter, he said, he said um, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He didn't say church. He actually said ecclesia. 
And ecclesia is actually means, in Greek, means the called out or assembly or congregation. Ecclesia rever, uh, refers to a convening of citizens to discuss legal matters. So the body of Christ is actually, a, spiritually speaking, it's a kingdom. It's a, there's, a legal, there's a legal thing that, that, that happens. It's a governing body on this earth, right? So we have the natural government, but we also have a spiritual government that we function under. That's called the kingdom of God. Right. And so so we, 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 we are connected through these things that, that God has given us a legal right to have access to because Jesus, the king, lives on the inside of us. Yeah. And where is the kingdom of heaven? And inside you. So you have the authority of Christ where inside you. Right. And so so how, how, how do how do we uh, how do however, uh, most context of the word ecclesia uh, used to refer to people comprised in the New Testament church. When Jesus said to Peter, on this rock, I shall build my church, he didn't say that, he said Ecclesia, um, which, is you and I, which is you and I, and we are called to rule and reign on this earth, on this world. When he says, every place you put your foot, it's what? It's mine. Why? Because the Creator lives in me. And I am an ambassador of the Creator. And so I'm a representation of everybody that's in front of me. I'm a representation of Jesus. I'm a representation of the authority of Christ as in, in, in front of each, each one of us. So as we, rep- as, as we represent the, 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 the Godhead, the, the kingdom of God, wherever we go, we're to rule and reign over it. Loving. So what did Jesus do? How did he rule and reign? Was he a tyrant? Was he aggressive? Well, kind of, maybe. Flipping tables, I don't know. Right? But he was setting things in order. Right? So he was loving. He loved his father. He loved people. He healed people. And who did he challenge? The religious system. I never saw Jesus hold up a, pro- a protest sign against the natural government. Not once. That's for free. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he prowls around like a lion. Now, that's, that's a fake lion, if you didn't get that. Like one. He's not one. Like one. He tries to convince you that he, he's powerful, and he has authority, and he has a way to, to, to manipulate you. And he, sometimes he does manipulate us. Right? But what we have a, the kingdom of God inside of us. We have the Holy Spirit who is to light our path, show us and, and, and light up the, the, the wiles of the enemy so that when he's crouching around like a lion, looking for what? Whom he may devour. When he's looking to devour everything that's good in your life, he's looking to, to overtake you, overshadow you, just rip your life apart, and, and destroy everything that's good in your life. He's looking to do all that good stuff. His good stuff. Right? And he's looking to just take it all over. And he's looking for any opportunity, anything that you agree to. Remember, we have authority. And that authority is in our free will. So he works in a way that things, that he works in a way things appear or what we have made agreement to. What we have made agreement to now has power and now has legal right and legal access to your life. Spiritually speaking. When you give access and you give your yes to something that's not of God, you give it 
a right to be there. That's how powerful you are. You also have the ability to not give it a right to be there. Repeat this with me. We are the house of God. And we make up both the church and his bride. We are the called out ones. We are his bride. We are the ones that he is longing for relationship with. We are the ones he's desiring to have intimacy with on a daily basis, 24-7. Yeah. I used to go to my prayer cave. I had, in, in Washington, I actually had a little room down in the basement, and I wrote prayer cave on the wall, and I you know, doing all this cool Christian stuff. And so I, I, I was, I'd go down there for hours and hours and hours, and my wife's like, were you going to hang out with your family or what? And I started to notice something, that the, the secret place wasn't just a geographical location. It was this. It was connection to the Lord. It was me saying this. I'm in the middle of doing something and I have so much intimacy with God that I draw on the Spirit and I realize He's right there in that very moment. And my secret place is pure. I don't have to go be alone for 10 hours. I mean, oh, that's great. I'd love to do that if I had time to do that. But I don't always have time to do that. There's times where I'm driving in the car and I probably look like a crazy person because I'm just, tears are running down my face and the Holy Spirit's just ministering to me and loving on me in the very moment that I'm driving. And I'm like, Lord, please don't let me get in a wreck because this is so awesome. I don't want to ruin this moment, right? And, and the Holy Spirit is just showing up and doing something amazing. But when we realize that we are actually a house for God, our bodies, our flesh suits are a house a habitation for the Holy Spirit to reside in. And connected, we actually make up the building. We're living stones. One stack to another. Functioning as the body of Christ. Like, like, like if, if you're hurting, Stephen, like if you're hurting, like I should be the, the, the Jesus in me should be the one saying, man, what's going on? How can I help you? How can I serve you? What do you need? The body of Christ. Right? Not just, oh man, I hope it works out. I'll pray for you, brother. <laughs> Amen. God will provide. Right? But what, why, why would I just send him on his way when I can see that he needs something? Yeah. Wow. And, and the body of Christ is, is, is man, it's, it's got to it's gotta step up a little bit more. <laughs> so I'm going to get into uh, where Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. He's talking about the strong man in, in Matthew uh, chapter 12, verses 25 through 30. If you want to turn there, you're welcome to. I'm using the Passion Translation. It's my favorite translation. Sorry if you don't like it, but I love it. Um, it says this, verse 1. Jesus supernaturally perceived their thoughts and motives. Isn't that amazing that Jesus just knows the motives of your heart? There's so many times where I'm going to do something, he's like, why? And I'm like, um... I want to be seen. You're right. Sorry. <laughs> and it just, it just, you just sees it, right? And you, it's a lot of times we don't, right? So Jesus supernaturally perceived their thoughts and their motives. So he told, told this parable to them. Any kingdom that fights against itself is reduced to ruin. And any family who, or community splintered by strife will fall apart. So, so if Satan casts out Satan, he's making war on himself. And how then... Could his kingdom stand? So if Satan empowers me to cast out demons, who empowers your exorcist uh, 
to cast them out? That's a tough question. You know they're like, uh, I don't know how to answer that. Well, because Jesus is right and you're not, right? And who empowers who empowers them to, to do this? It's go, go ask them. Let, let them be your, judge, your judges. But if I drive out demons by the power of the Spirit of God, then the end of Satan's kingdom has come. Everybody say, it's, it's done. It's finished. Come on. Who would dare to enter the house of a mighty man or a strong man and steal his property? First, he must be empowered and tied up by one who is stronger than he. Then his entire house can be plundered. So join me, join with me, for if you're not on my side, you're against me. And, uh, oh, thank you. And if you refuse to help me gather the spoils, you're making things worse. Jesus always challenged religious ideology and the religious system. Because they're trying to get him to not do things on certain days and certain times because you just weren't supposed to. But the heart of God extends my just not supposed to. Right? And so, so he was challenging their, their mindset. He's like, if, if Satan can't cast out Satan, otherwise his kingdom's divided. Like, there's, there's got to be an, a, an, a, a difference here. There's got to be a, a different realm, a different kingdom to cast out the evil. And Jesus is saying this, that if you're not on my side, you're on his side. So pick what side you want to be on. Yeah. Right? He made it very plain. So... The strong man, so each one of us, strong man could be a stronghold or a thought pattern or a pressing thought or something that's going on inside of you that's continuously hitting you on a daily basis. You could be consistently dealing with anxiety. You could be consistently dealing with fear. You could be consistently dealing with immorality, sexual sin. You could be consistently dealing with drug addiction. You could be consistently dealing with whatever that might be in your life. You choose it. You know what it is. I'm saying this right now, and each one of you are having a thought of what that might be. Right? So these thoughts, these pressuring thoughts, these strong men, these, these strongholds, these, these patterns that get, get us stuck in these cycles in life. And, and God, Jesus is saying this, I want to come and I want to break that cycle. I want to deliver you from that cycle. So you can walk in true freedom in me. Not me, Jesus. Right? I want me to make clear. Not me. <laughs> so Jesus is the one who bound the strong man to take over the house. Everybody say this. We, we are, are that house. The strong man in our lives must be bound to truth to overpower them. Who is truth? Jesus. The lie must be bound to the truth, then it can be loosed. Whatever's bound on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever's loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. So when we bind a lie to truth, it no longer has a right to be there. When you renounce that lie, it gives access legally in the spirit for that thing to leave. You're no longer in agreement because you have what? Free free will. So because Jesus is the truth, he says this in Matthew 10, 7 and 8. And this is, you know, the, the, the great... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Great, great commission. Thank you. That was a commandment and it wasn't right. This is a great commission. And as you go preach this message, the kingdom of heaven 
is accessible close enough to touch. You must continually bring healing to the lepers and to those who are sick and make it your habit to break off every demonic presence from people and raise the dead to life. Freely you receive, now freely give. The power of the kingdom so freely releases others. The power of the kingdom, the, the legal right of the kingdom of God releases others. Yeah. When you bind them to the truth of Jesus, the legal right that it has to be there no longer has a right to be there. And we're to break off the, demon, the demonic presence. Make it your habit to break off demonic presence off of people around you. How many people have habits? Picking your nose. I'm, I don't know. Let's <laughs> see who raised her hand. I don't know. <laughs> this is the call of every believer to go. This is not my call. This is not just your call. This is not just pastor's call. This is the call of every one of us to be the body of Christ, to, to house the Holy Spirit, to wherever we go, we're breaking off. We've made it a habit to break off demonic presences on people. We've made it a habit to, to see those that need healing and watch them get healed. We've made it a habit to disciple people, to show them the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is right near you. And, and, and you, you have to see this. So deliverance plus discipleship equals lasting transformation. Like I said earlier, unless you walk somebody through something, they may have a radical encounter. They may be the one person out of a million that just has this radical encounter and they just continue on but there are so many people I've seen pray a prayer of salvation or receive the Holy Spirit or had an encounter with God and man they are so far out in left field now and we're so busy doing church that we just forget about them yeah. I can't Discipleship is really powerful. It's that friend that you know cares. That that is is there. It's that person that like, man, if I didn't have I don't know what I, I don't know where I'd be. I can't tell you how many men of God that have stood with me in times where, man, I, I thought my marriage was destroyed. I thought I, I made the biggest mistake ever. And they just walked me through it. They just stood by me. They just were there. Sometimes they didn't say anything. They were just there. And I can't tell you, I, I mean, I don't know your guys' lives, but I can tell you that you guys have probably had moments where, man, I just wish I had somebody yeah. to look me in the eyes and say it's going to be okay. And, and I'm not too proud to say that I need that. 
I'm not too proud to say that I, 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 I don't need you guys. Because I do. So Jesus is establishing something when he was on this earth. He was bringing a different kingdom. He's bringing a different mentality. He was establishing something that was lost in the garden. He was establishing that connection with God. He's reconnecting us back to our original identity. It's, it's, actually, it's actually more human to walk in the spirit than it is the flesh. Because our original identity was in the spirit. Our original shape, our original form, who we are is actually, it's actually more human to walk in the spirit than it is to walk in the flesh. But we have so adopted the world as their, our reality that we don't walk in the realm of the kingdom to see from a different perspective. Maybe you haven't. I know I have. <laughs> in many ways. Things are crumbling around me and I'm, I'm Peter out on the water and seeing the storm and now I'm sinking. I'm looking at the storm and I'm not looking at Jesus. It's so easy to do. It's so easy to do. So I want to I want to I want to tell you guys that Jesus in, in Matthew 16:19 I just believe that I just believe that Jesus has our best interests at heart. I just believe that. And so he says this, I will give you the keys of heaven, heaven's realm to forbid or bind on earth, which is forbidden in heaven. And I will release or loose on earth that which is released in heaven. What are keys for? Access. Keys are not just for access, but they're actually authority. Like I used to work in the juvenile correction system and I worked in like mental health uh, 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 legal systems and, and I had keys. So I could go wherever I wanted to go. But they couldn't. <laughs> and they'd always tell me, you're in my house. You can, you can leave. You can go home. This is my house. Like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I guess you're right. I'll be respectful. <laughs> right? And so, so I had access. I could go in any door in that building that I wanted to go into. Except for maybe the CEO or something like that. I probably couldn't go to his office. But, but almost, every, almost every door, <laughs> I could have access to those doors. I could leave. I could, I could go and, and come as I please. Right? So keys are access, but they're not just access. They're actually authority. So deliverance is binding the, the truth to a lie and loosing the lie from the person that needs to be delivered. Binding and loosing is a legal term for what Christ established through the finished work. His finished work, he said, it is what? What's finished? Sin and death. So why are so many people stuck in cycles if it's finished? Why have I been stuck in cycles in my own life knowing that it's finished? Why have I chosen to, to accept a different realm rather than the one that Christ established for me to, to walk in? In so many ways. 
In Matthew 28, 18-20, it says this, And Jesus came to him and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Where are things bound? On earth as it is in heaven. Where are things loosed? On earth as it is in heaven. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go for and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I will be with you until the end of the age. Jesus has given us authority. It's not our authority, it's His authority. Because we're a representation of Him. We are, we are uh, uh, servants to His authority. We are, we are uh, ambassadors to His authority. It's just like an ambassador in another country. They have all the authority they need of their country in that country. So why do we need authority? Why do we need it? Thank you. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of the air. Right? Satan prowls around in the air of the earth, trying to convince us, trying to show us something, trying to take our eyes, trying to take our heart, trying to take our attention, trying to take our affections. And put them on something that's lesser than. So when you, when you look at the Great Commission, it says disciples. Disciple means learner or one who is, is under discipline. A discipleship is, is leading someone through the process of sanctification, teaching them, exhorting and encouraging them to step into their new nature in Christ. So you're born again. Into a new life. Why do we drag so much the old life? <laughs> I mean, I, I just I'm just trying to be real. I, I don't got it all figured out, so I just want I just want to say it like like it is. Why do we bring the old habits? Why do we bring the old ticks? The old Things we resort to to find comfort when we have the comforter living on the inside of us. Why? Because there's a strong man. He's got a stronghold, and you need deliverance. Holy Spirit, right now, I just plead the blood of Jesus over every heart right now. There's nothing more powerful than the blood of Jesus. Every stronghold in this room must be broken under the blood of Jesus right now. Right now. In Jesus' mighty name. So in discipleship, we're helping them to see what it looks like to take up their cross daily. It's a daily choice. It's a choice to take up your cross. It's a choice to not walk in the old ticks, the old ways, the old things that you gave your affections to, the old things that you, you used to resort to to find comfort. It's a choice to choose something different because God has given us free will. And because now we're functioning under a different kingdom, a different realm, we now have this opportunity in Christ to walk victoriously every day. 
But we have to, we have to, to guard our hearts. And as we guard our heart, we actually manage our affections and we actually give them to what, either to, either to the lesser things or the greater things. It's a choice. It's that thing where God is looking at the motives of your heart. He's looking at the ideas, the thoughts, the things you think, the, the, the directions you go, the habits you've had, the things that have led you from A to Z, how you got where you're at today from where you were before. This is amazing. In Colossians 1.27, it's this mystery. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. So whatever you're doing, guess where Christ is? I used to tell this to the youth church all the time. So when you're on www. You fill in the blank. He's looking at that with you. And I watch their eyes go boom. <laughs> when it starts to sink in. I had this realization this last week. And it's, you know, I think, I think we, we hear things, we, we think we know things, and then like God's kind of like a diamond and he has just another reflection of that truth. And I was just thinking about Colossians 127. I was thinking about, Jesus, you live in me. Like, why do I ever feel, why would I ever feel alone? Why would I ever feel like you just went away? Why do we as a church sometimes pray Jesus in the room? <laughs> so weird. <laughs> like, he's here. Like, everybody take your finger. Point right here. He's here. He's here. And I don't know if that doesn't make you happy or not, but it makes me so happy. He's here. Yeah, it's his house. Do you not know that you're a house, a temple, the most high God? He lives there. Colossians 2, this is this this man, this sometimes you read the word and, and God just he just he just he's 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 mean. He's dirty. He don't play fair. He don't play fair. He just he just says it and you're like, whoa. Right? So Colossians 2 verses 14 and 15 says this, he canceled out every legal violation we had on our record. Our old arrest uh, warrant that stood to indict us is he erased it. All our sins, our stains, our, our stained soul, he, de he deleted it all. Just like your website history. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Uh, okay. Our stained soul, he deleted it all, and they cannot retrieve it, and they cannot be retrieved. Everything we once were in Adam had been placed in, onto the cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. Everybody say amen. amen. Come on. They, I don't know about you, but I have a lot of stuff that was nailed to that cross. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I got to take that thing up every day, right? This instrument of death, I got to take it up every day, right? Then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and the principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon 
and all their spiritual authority. Everybody say all. all. Their spiritual their authority, authority and, power and power to accuse us. When the enemy comes around like a roaring lion, he has no authority. How much is all? All. Is it some? Is it woo? Is it poquito? <laughs> it's all, right? Total. <laughs> and by the power of the cross, everybody said the cross. Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his. Come on. Come on. That gets you happy right there. <laughs> That'll get you happy right there. Jesus, Jesus did it all. He did it all. There's nothing more powerful than the blood of Jesus. There is nothing that could stand more powerful than the blood of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. There is nothing that can stand in your life under the blood of Jesus. If you surrendered those thoughts, if you surrendered those patterns, if you walked that process of, of deliverance and discipleship out, you will walk in the freedom that Christ has given you to walk in. You don't have to sit back and, and you don't have to, to go and do a bunch of things to make it happen. You can just sit back and rest in the finished work of Christ, knowing that it's worked out on your behalf and in your favor all the time, every time it never quits it's always there always there you don't have to work for it you don't have to earn it you can just rest in it jesus is my sabbath he is my finished work he is the yes and amen he is the one that laid all the line and gave it all up for me so that i can have freedom in jesus that i can walk every day i don't have to to worry about a thing because he takes care of all my needs all my needs are met every day why because that's who he is that's what he does he breaks every strong man that tries to rise up on the inside of my heart because he is the stronger man He is the stronger man. Yes. We are not wusses. That's right. Come on. I like what you say. We're not sissies. <laughs> We're not sissies. <laughs> We're not. And I'm not talking about from the worldly standpoint. Like, like we are powerful. Yes. Why? Because Jesus lives in us. Yes. His authority. The very one that created the heavens and the earth resides on the inside of you. He knows the ins, the outs. He knows every grain of sand. He knows every hair on your head. He knows every yes and no that you might say now and forever. Yeah. He knows everything about you, so you might as well surrender. That's right. <laughs> you might as well just give up. You might as well just say, yes, Lord. I know I'm trying to do these things. I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to do this. Why don't you just stop trying and start releasing your, your life into Him? Why don't you just stop trying to, 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 to stop being addicted to this and trying to stop doing that and trying to, to not do this? Why don't you just rest in Christ? Yes. There's freedom in this. He's the finished work. He's the finished work and He lives on the inside of you. You, you have no choice. Well, you have a choice. But, but it's, it's, a, it's a better choice to choose him over, you, over what you can do on your own. I tell you right now, I've tried to earn it. It doesn't work. 
I tried to do my best to change myself and it didn't work. The only thing that worked is when I got alone with him and I realized he was on the inside of me. And the only thing that worked was I got his word and I let that word read me and I read that word. I let that word go on the inside of me and bring nutrients to my spirit. And I started to realize that it's actually more human to walk in the spirit than it is to walk in the flesh. Because my original identity is in him. Let us create mankind in our image and our likeness. What was lost in the garden was image and, and likeness. Wow. But it was recreated when Jesus Hallelujah. bought us by the blood of, uh, uh, by his blood on the cross. Jesus. He broke every stronghold in that very moment. Hallelujah. I want to walk you guys through this prayer. And this is a prayer of, of deliverance, and, and, and we're going we're gonna to go through it together. It might get wild. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I might get wild. I just have students puking in the back and all sorts of cool stuff. Oh, brother Jesus is here. Satan, you are put on notice right now. Strongholds, you are put on notice. Strong man, you are, there's a stronger man that's about ready to move in. See, my nickname for Satan is Lucy. And when I think of Lucy, I think of the I Love Lucy show. And then and, and God is like, like Lucy's husband. Lucy, I'm home! When he moves in, he's giving notice. He's serving notice. It's, he's nailing it to the wall like I'm here. This is my house. This is my house. I have the keys. I have the keys. All right. All right. Let's see. You can stand or sit, whatever you feel like doing. <laughs> it's good stuff. All right. One of the ways we have strongholds in our life is an area of unforgiveness. And in that area of unforgiveness, it actually allows other things to come in because 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 sometimes that unforgiveness creates hardness in your heart that unforgiveness creates uh, uh, anger in your heart and it creates all sorts of just disgusting things that that just open you up for for the enemy to come in so i'm going to ask the holy spirit to highlight an area in your life of unforgiveness and he will bring it to you right there i promise you as soon as i get done you might even be thinking about it right now i'm going to pray and it's going to hit you Father, right now in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, I ask that you highlight any area of unforgiveness in each person's life right now. I pray that you would expose any area of unforgiveness in their, in their life right now. Now I'm going to walk you through this prayer and whatever the Holy Spirit highlighted to you, I want you to fill in the blank. I forgive and whatever that is. You can say it out loud. You can say it in your heart. Whatever you want.
And pray this with me. Say, I expose every area of unforgiveness. I break the spirit of unforgiveness in my life. And I command the spirit to be loosed in Jesus' name. Now, if there's any area of sin in your life, maybe it's habitual sin. Maybe it's an area that you find comfort in rather than the Holy Spirit. You guys, it's, it's, you're good. He's here. Mm-hmm. He's here. No pressure. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's suicide. Maybe it's addictions. Maybe it's sexual immorality. Whatever the sin is. Maybe it's wanting to hurt somebody else. Rage. Whatever it is, Holy Spirit highlighted to him right now. Say this with me I break the legal right based on bringing sin into my life, and I renounce. Whatever that is, go ahead and renounce it. I renounce whatever it is, whatever sin it is. Say this with me. I break every verbal curse of agreement with that sin. I plead the blood of Jesus over every generation that goes before me in my family line. I curse any generational curses that I have experienced in my life. It's broken right now in the name of Jesus. So I command... The spirit of whatever that sin is, that's a spirit. Say, I command the spirit of whatever it is, you say it. To be bound now in Jesus' name. I command every spirit to leave, to leave right now, right now. And, never to and never to return. 
It has no rights. The spirit of, go ahead, whatever it is. I command that spirit to go to the abyss in Jesus' name. Now just put your hands out and receive. Spirit come. Holy Spirit come. Holy Spirit come. Holy Spirit come. I just feel like the Holy Spirit is saying that some of you are a victim and that's where sin entered your life. So like the Lord's saying, to don't tell you it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. this place turn our affections towards you right now by an act of our own will we turn our affections towards you right now every area that was once filled with a strong man or a stronghold right now we ask the Holy Spirit to fill make no more room for anything else Jesus has every room in this house. He has the keys. He has the deed. He has it all. Holy Spirit, fill. 
Freedom, Jesus. Freedom will do a lot right now. Freedom, Jesus. Freedom, Jesus. Freedom, Jesus. Freedom, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Freedom, Lord. I feel like God is telling me, this young man right here in the gray shirt, Jesus loves you, man. Like, he has a plan for you that's, that's bigger and beyond, like, anything you could ever dream of. And I feel like there's been many people that have, that have like, said bad things to you or tore you down or said that you're not going to be good enough or you're not going to, 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 to rise to the occasion that you're called to rise to. But I, I'm telling you right now that God has a call on your life. And, and there's a there's amazing things that, that he wants to do in your life. He wants to show you powerful things. He wants to, to inspire you on a daily basis to live out who you really are in him. And can I pray for you right now? Yeah. What's your name? Josh. Father, right now, I just pray for Josh, Lord. Holy Spirit, right now, I just pray that you just arrest his heart, Lord, with your love. Thank you, Jesus. Rest his heart with your love. Holy Spirit, just fall upon him right now. The big embrace. Let him sense your love like he's never sensed before. Thank you, Jesus. Fill them, Lord. Fill them, Lord. Holy Spirit, fill them. Fill them, Jesus. Fill them, Jesus. Fill them, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Only good dreams, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
Holy Spirit, thank you. Is there anything else, Father? feel like the Lord is telling me to ask if there's anybody here that needs prayer because you feel like you're stuck in a cycle you can't seem to break that cycle and if it's anxiety fear, depression addictions I don't care what it is if you're feeling that I'm going to ask you just to stand and it's okay because you're with family standing Lord can you go back with her and pray pray for her yeah die can you go pray to thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Father, right now, we just break any cycle, any habitual sin, Lord, we just break it right now in Jesus' name. We just stand together as the body of Christ, Lord, as one united body, united in the one name, Jesus. We get rid of our egos and our logos and we gather around the name of Jesus. We just break every cycle right now in Jesus' name. Every cycle in Jesus' name. I want to make myself available to anyone that wants discipleship, that wants someone to walk alongside them as a friend. Um, I want to make myself available to you. And um, I don't even know what that looks like, but I just feel like if I'm going to talk about it, I might as well offer it. <laughs> and I, I don't know, Pastor Eric, you know, he's, he's, he's probably got some great men in his troops that are already doing it. Um, but I, I believe it's, it's a powerful, powerful thing. I can't tell you what my life would be like if I didn't have men of God to come stand around me and, and just gird me up with strength. And I'm sure you ladies can say the same thing about some women in your lives. Like, I, I had a grandma that was, she's crazy, crazy for Jesus. <laughs> Every morning she'd be praying and putting on the armor of God and you'd hear her across the house. She was wild. I put on the helmet of salvation. Oh. <laughs> and the breastplate of righteousness. And I'm like, grandma, it's crazy. Dress for success. for <laughs> Sure. Yeah, she was wild. Yeah, my, my mom asked her to give me some words of advice when I was getting married, and she said, you better treat her right. I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> she, was, she was intense. She'd pray for you. It was worse than a woman. <laughs> it was worse than a woman. 
because it was it wasn't even a whooping; it was God getting you, and it was not fun. It was hurry and submit, or just be tortured.